All right, ladies and gents, grab that wine and cozy up because I've got Mr. Motherfucking Cameron on the mic with me tonight. Um, first of all, bitch, how long has it fucking been? And I've been in this um, house for like a year. My lease is literally about to renew and you're this your first night here. Tell us about how that hurt my feelings, please. I'm sure it did hurt your feelings quite a bit. <laughs> I feel really bad about that, actually. Um, no, it's been a year. It's been a year since you moved here and left us, which that hurt my We're not going to talk about that, guys. Ignore him. Okay. Well, um, but yeah, no, it's it's lovely. Your house is lovely. It's my first time as far as shit, but I love it. Oh, God, y'all. It's been BFE. <laughs> so if no one, if anyone is listening in Montgomery, Texas, you know that about the horrid elusive traffic that i get to live my life in every day and if you follow me on instagram you get to hear me bitch about it every day monday through friday um but i do live pretty fucking far away how far away is it from your house like specifically from my house to here it's about 50 minutes 50 fucking minutes yeah and to give you guys an inkling of the traffic of those who don't know me it's about 20 minutes maybe probably about 18 if i'm being specific from my house to my job today it was an hour and 20 minutes to get back home so yeah, slip my throat and throw me in a ditch. Um, so I do want to talk about too with you, like you said, since we, since I left y'all, like tell, tell the audience what you mean by that. <laughs> so, I mean, do we want to start from the beginning when I, yeah, I mean, let's start about how, when I walked in the room and just lit up your entire world and you knew from that moment, I was going to be the best thing that ever happened to you. Oh, that's a stretch, but we'll go there. <laughs> <laughs> we'll go there. No, I'm just kidding. No. So, um. When you came in to, for an interview at the job that I work at, um, when you walked in, immediately your your aura was good. You had a good aura. I'm a good big, aura, folks. Yeah, I'm a big <laughs> energy person. So when I felt your energy, I'm like, okay, okay. And she went back to interview, and she came back out, and as she was leaving, I kind of just got the vibe. I'm like, I'm going to smoke weed with this girl one day if she's hired. <laughs> <laughs> I just knew it. I just knew it. And, uh, yeah, you also were, um, a lot more confident than our previous interviewees, however you may say That's it. And so, me. yeah, <laughs> perks, good, good. And I said in the first episode too, I was like, I'm actually not a confident person. And I was like, anyone who knows me is going to be like, bitch, but I mean, yeah, she is, she is. <laughs> Um, she she walks in a room and you know she's there. Sorry guys, this episode's actually about me, not even about Cameron. We're just gonna keep talking about me the whole time. No, so we met, <laughs> and as soon as you started working there, my God, I mean, we hit it off immediately. Um, ain't not in that way, of course. No, maybe a little bit in that way. Bit, you yeah. were crushing. <laughs> <laughs> no, but our vibes just matched, and our desks were about four feet apart from each other, and we just perfect vibed. carrot throwing distance. Any food, actually. <laughs> any food. Any anything. Yeah. Uh, we were unhinged from the moment I fucking walked in that door. And full disclosure, too, on that, I ran that fucking interview. I love you, Logan, if you're listening. But the motherfucker did not literally tapped his fingers on that desk and was like, so, um... I was like, are you interviewing or <laughs> Alexa gave the interview? <laughs> yeah, I wanted him. He did not want me. <laughs> it's usually how it goes too. Right. Like pretty much. Right. I love that. I love that. But I guess I do give like a smoking weed um a vibe. <laughs> not in a bad way. It wasn't a bad way. It's just like I know that you would be somebody that I could chill with. Yeah. You know, like yeah, just like sit cool. back and chill. That's good. I actually like that I give that vibe off. It's a good vibe. It's My good new vibe. job, she was like, okay, do you, we got to ask, do you smoke weed? And I'm like, why is that always like the front of like figuring out who the fuck you want to hang out with? Like, oh, do you smoke weed? It's like, what if I was to say no? Now you just put your foot in your mouth and right. I'm like, no, we're not friends. <laughs> yeah. That's like asking someone, like, oh, do you do crystal? Yeah. Maybe, Maybe. for the right person. And we're actually going to, I'm alluding to the, um, intro here so we're gonna get into it so i know my podcast is a lot about mental health dealing with shit and just being like i'm fucking here i'm going through it i'm going through the trenches um as people like to say or the valleys whatever the fuck you're it's just what you're going through is not the fucking vibe um and let me just start off too by saying cameron is the most literally strong person i think there's only one person else in my life that i've ever said this about and that's miss rachel kane she is she's 50 bitch she always tells me she's like i'm 50 bitch <laughs> and i fucking love her i love her to death but she's literally 
the strongest person. So like uh, a little bit of like who she was for a second is she was like a super, not super, but she was an alcoholic and she went to AA. The second she started, stop, decided to stop drinking. I think I've told you this before, but the second she decided to stop drinking, her dad died. Her mom died. Anything that she could have went through that caused her to drink fucking happened. And she didn't like would literally have alcohol in her house and was like, Nope, not for me. I quit. So fucking strong, like just a strong individual. And I'm not like that. Like I, I'm strong in other ways, but when it comes to what I want, I'm going to fucking get it. And I feel like when I met you, I had the same like vibe. Like you're just so, you're such a strong minded person. And for such a young age too. I mean, I know you kind of like, you're like, I'm not that much younger than you, but how, go ahead and tell people how old you are. (laughs) So I'm 22. I'll be 23 in June. Um, but a lot happens between our ages. I mean, me being 22, when you first met me, I think I had just turned 21, maybe, possibly. Yeah. Well, an 18 to 22 is like a really substantial time in anybody's life. Exactly. Like, yeah. You go through a lot, you learn a lot, and we'll, we'll touch on that here in a little bit. But, um, but yeah, there is an age difference. Well, and just like the maturity level, like I remember too, like when I first walked in and saw you, I remember like, (laughs) my boyfriend's going to kill me, but I walked in and I was like, he's really handsome. And I was like, Ooh, now I get like someone to flirt with uh, during the day. (laughs) Little did I fucking know. (laughs) Literally like the day I sat down, you were like, so I'm gay. And I was like, well, fuck me. (laughs) I don't typically lead with that. That was not, uh, But it got, it definitely did get brought up very quickly. (laughs) Like full hands, both hands on the desk. You're like, so I'm gay. Right. And I was like, well, fuck. Like I, I will, I can still flirt with you, but like, of course, course. all day long, boost me up, baby, boost me up. (laughs) I fucking love this kid. y'all. So yeah, that pretty much in a nutshell, we met and like hit it off instantaneously. And what I also loved about him too, and what I also want to get into the whole reason of bringing you on the show to start off with, like, you are obviously a part of the LGBTQ, LMNOP, whatever, and there's letters added every year, but, and I don't want to like offend anybody, but I genuinely am uneducated on this. So follow me on Instagram, tell, DM me, educate me, whatever you got to do. But he is um, a part of that community and he is the most like genuinely devout, like follower of Christ and just like of what's right and wrong. Like even if it's not religious based or if it's not like Christianity based or whatever, you're always like doing the right thing and like looking out for the, so like how hard is that not to throw shade on anybody in that community? But I've met some pretty shitty people both in and out, just humans. I've met some shitty humans regardless. Um, but like in your specific area of like, you know, people, I don't, I feel like that's so uncommon. Like, how do you, how is that navigating through you? you, Do you get what I'm trying to ask? Yeah. So it is, it's hard to navigate being a gay Christian in today's world. Um, Christians one get a bad rep and then the gays get a bad rap. Christians, amen. Yeah, I do better. Christians do better. Yeah, and the, it's just the judgment. And so me coming out, which I believe we'll talk about that a little bit later, but me coming out, that was one thing I struggled with because I've always been very faithful, very spiritual. I grew up. Um, my parents weren't super spiritual. They were always Christians, but I was very close with my aunt. Well, I'm sure in the Christian community, too, you probably thought a lot of like what they call conviction. So it's probably a lot harder for you. Not to say that it's not hard for anybody else. But I'm sure it was a lot more of like a mental, spiritual warfare. It was. I mean, I've been dealing with spiritual warfare since, I mean, God, since I can remember since, you know, middle school. I mean, knowing the thoughts that I had in the back of my mind, but also knowing the God that I loved and knowing what the Bible says. And so that in itself was probably one of the hardest things is I know the person that I follow and my spirituality, um, you know, going down this path, but that same person, the security of he loves you. Yes. Yeah, yes. Yeah. And, and what people ask me, they're like, well, how can you be gay and a Christian? I'm like, I how know can you cheat on your husband and be a Christian? Hello. Right? How can, how can you do many things that people do and be a Christian? Thank it's, you. it's not about that for me. It's about what I've learned. Cause I did, I, I self condemned myself because the church was condemning for me. The people I was around that were Christians were self condemning of me. That's sick. It is, and it's it, it made my journey even that much harder. The people who were supposed to embrace me and love me for who I am and not be judgmental were some of the hardest people to be around. The people who are supposed to love people. Exactly. I mean, hello. Exactly. Um, so, but I navigated through that. I treaded through that water. It was not easy. 
Um, but as you mentioned earlier, I am very headstrong. I am very mentally strong um, and not gloating anyway, but I, I pride myself on that because yeah. it's hard. And so There's I, a difference in having pride and knowing who you are and like being confident. You know, yeah. yeah. Like, so the, I don't, I don't think that like anything of what you're saying is like, you don't have to disclaim yourself. I hate, like, I, I do that all the time, but like, I feel like that again, tying into my first episode, the imposter syndrome, you're yeah. like, oh, I, I can't compliment myself because I'm going to be looked at as a conceited whatever. No, bitch, you're fucking proud of yourself. That shit is fucking yeah. hard. Yeah. I love yourself. And that's, you know, that kind of ties into, um, you know, back to what we were talking about is I knew the relationship in my heart that I had with God. And I knew that was genuine. And yeah. I knew the love that I felt from him, despite what all of his followers or all of his, um, you know, quote unquote, partners, yeah, quote mm -hmm. unquote, um, made me feel he made me feel, you know, um, heard. And so that is probably what got me through um, all of that, because the church was not a place to be when it's supposed to be the place you go when you're going through a hard time. It was not my safe. Hashtag Joel Olstein. Yeah. Oh my God. Don't even get me started. Okay. On that. Jesus. They said lock that fucking door, bitch. Yeah. Cameron is not welcome in this fucking no, place. No. And I actually dealt with that with my home church that I've gone to since I was born. Um, I went to, um, I wanted to actually volunteer and they told me on, on the form that you had to fill out to volunteer. They asked if you had any sexual relationships with um, the same gender. Shut the I don't think you've ever told me that before. I don't think I have. But um, I answered honestly. I mean, good God, good I'm, I'm volunteering at a church. And so <laughs> I'm like when your doctor says, have you had any drugs lately? Uh. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> like, I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> Are the cops listening? Right. Maybe. <laughs> Who's the support going to? Yeah. <laughs> Why? You got any? Right. <laughs> Is this an invitation? Okay. <laughs> no, but um, so I answered honestly, and my um, volunteer application got rejected because of that question. And I was volunteering to be around the children, and they told me, you know, with me um, being in sexual relationships with men, I just they did not want me around children. And so, knowing me, because being gay automatically means you're a fucking pedophile, right? Got it. Christian logic, yeah. God, yeah. So me being me, I uh, contacted the head pastor of the church myself <laughs> and I'm like, I just want you to know that I really was dedicated to being a volunteer at your church and this is how I was treated and the paperwork landed on his desk and he went above everybody and approved me to be a volunteer. And that's the only reason I stay at his church is because I know who how he who feels. he is so this is the same is. pastor that you were like if he wasn't preaching i didn't want to go exactly. like yesterday yeah fuck yeah man i have i love that so yeah so he got me to volunteer and and i i was able to do that i didn't do it for long just because i knew it's kind of like you're in a situation even though the boss is like you can be here but your coworkers are like i don't want you here well yeah thing. like the you ha you don't get along with everyone you work with but still you spend 40 hours of your week there so you want to exactly. be like kind of happy Exactly. Yeah. I didn't feel my time was valued. In my own self, it was valued, but I just felt like people were having to watch out for me, and it was just very uncomfortable. Yeah. It was I mean, not what I signed up for. No matter how secure you are in yourself, other people can always fuck that up for you. Exactly. Like, and don't pretend like you're not, you know? Like, don't pretend like other people's opinions don't matter because they might. They might for a split second, yeah. at least. You know what I mean? Like, you, you got to, yeah, you got to work yeah. through that. So, I mean, yeah, that was, that's a part of, you know, being Christian and then both my parents being Christians, you know, they were raised, my dad was raised Catholic. I mean, to the bone. Oh. He went. Cold. He went, Sorry. He, he went. Uh, y'all don't cancel her. I know. Uh, Please don't cancel me. I grew up Catholic too. Okay, y'all. I love everybody. But no, he went to a Catholic school through elementary school. I mean, hardcore Catholic. And so the, even the thought of him, I mean, he's a country boy from South Texas and thought of him having a gay son was just repulsive i mean it just was not okay and, and i mean he's probably going against too not to like at all give your dad like or, or to not like be the devil advocate here devil's advocate whoever but like i'm sure putting myself in his position too because there's always two sides of the story right every, like every story. yeah so he was probably thinking like this is against every literally everything that i grew up to believe and not only that, but like your own son, someone that like you is a part of you. So like, I can only imagine what that's going through. So that's, and I only say that to say like, unfortunately, I know a lot of people, I know equal amount of people whose parents were supportive as they were unsupportive. So I will say like, shouts out like my friend, Tarani, her parents, she, I went to her wedding. She married a female. First of all, 
fucking cutest couple alive like they're so fucking cute they just had a little baby and they're just fucking precious but like her parents were so supportive and then I have my high school friend growing up his dad was the same way I mean like literally in front of us would be like faggot or whatever like something derogative something super terrible and I was just like man that's your fucking son so like when I first got that I was like how fucking dare you treat someone like that? But now as I'm growing older and getting a little bit more mature, I'm still not mature. I still need to grow up a little bit, but, (laughs) (laughs) but I mean, yeah, we're being honest here. Like I said, um, be seeing, like, I guess putting myself in someone else's position now that I could be someone who has kids one day and they could very well come to me and be like, mom, I'm gay. Obviously I wouldn't treat them like that, but I know like to put myself in your dad's point of view of like, that was probably hard. So I guess like a, a grace situation going back to like and the I, Christian thing. And I have grace now. Um, grace comes with time. I feel like in a situation like that. I mean, do you mind if I go into my coming out story a little bit? Fucking go into it. So actually I was going to do, um, I don't know if you guys follow me on Instagram. You fucking should. I'm going to tell you right now. I know you're not looking at me, but I have a finger gun held up to the mic. And if you do not follow me from Instagram, no, I'm just kidding. I don't. Uh, Spotify, don't cancel me either. But uh, I do want to go into this, but I also want people to like, I want them to hear you and hear who you are. And I want to do a poll. And if you guys want to hear his like full go coming out story exactly what it took exactly what it felt like i want you guys to tell me if this will help you if you're interested in hearing it or if you just want him to fuck off you know like yeah because because yeah, cause, yeah. Fuck the fuck off. he will <laughs> fuck right off <laughs> off in the general direction of which he will give right. a fuck <laughs> so just to kind of allude i mean going into the issues that my coming out caused um you know that that in itself could be a whole episode but coming out was not easy for me and um no, kind of just to allude to a future conversation, you know, I, I was kicked out of my home um, for more than you know, two months. And at and what age? What age were you kicked out? I was 17. I was 17 years old. And Having no business living on your own either. No. Like I couldn't imagine. And I, I went and lived with, uh, thank God, I have a really big family and I found an aunt and uncle um, that took me in during that time, but it doesn't take away from the fact that your parents are who you want. No, you are homeless, but you weren't at home. There's right. a, that's a big, yeah, that's a, that's, that's meaningful. But when you are feeling the way that I felt and being so vulnerable and coming out with something that you've struggled with for years on your own, you want your parents to be your biggest support system. So when they're not, no matter if you had somewhere to go or you didn't, that was still hard, very hard. So that coming out, I mean, Alexa, if you kind of want me to go into it, I'll kind of go into the issues that that caused later in my life. Yeah. So we're actually going to pause there on that because I do want to go into that, but I do want to have that, like, I want, I want you back again, bitch. So yeah, I don't want to like give it all up up front, you know, give the readers or give the listeners. I'm so old. I'm like, give the readers, bitch. We're listening. Did you write me a text? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you talk your shit, but I actually have a pen pal did i tell you that you did and i said i don't i i've heard pin pal when i was like maybe five years old not the app baby we got a literal pin and i have a wax seal with my initial on it and everything her name is ellen shout out ellen in bozeman montana i met her at the hot springs in yellowstone she's fabulous woman love her to death and talking about energy that woman i actually got in the cold dip spring so at the hot spring they have like a cold thing where like if you do the cold plunge, you get like a sticker or whatever. And my fucking determined ass, I was like, I want that fucking sticker. So ass, your hard headed ass. Okay, whatever. <laughs> He's not allowed back, guys. <laughs> I'm booted. I'm booted. <laughs> Canceled. It's no. been 20 minutes. I gotta go. <laughs> That's usually how long they last with me. <laughs> but no, so I was like, I want that fucking sticker. So I got in the 62 degree water in fucking negative what it was like well not negative i'm being very dramatic i'm also dramatic but it was like probably 12 degrees outside snowing literally snow falling as we speak and i'm getting into 20 degree water and she's in there chilling like not shaking not nothing she's a bad bad fucking bitch and she's i get in and she's speaking so i was like oh, is she on the phone? Like, am I disturbing? And I'm sitting here trying to do a cold plunge to like ease my anxiety because I'm Alexa Ray and I have fucking loads of anxiety. And she was like, I was just giving my prayer, my prayer of gratitude for the earth's heat, heat because it's a natural hot spring. She was like, I mean, God, or not God. She said something about like something is lovely. And she was like, 
I actually don't know if she's a Christian or not. We've only had one letter exchanged. Like we literally, I was like, Hey, I was manifesting a pen pal and I feel like you're it. I was like, are you good with me giving my address? And she was like, like pen to paper pen pal. And I said, that's the only way I would do it. And she was like, that's the only way I would do it. We literally talked for like five seconds. I got her number so I could text my address and then we both deleted it. And we haven't, we only speak through like our only communication is through letters. And I'm just so excited. And she actually sent me, she took up paper mache in her retirement. I'm getting way off topic, but um, anyway, <laughs> I will say I've never, I've never written a letter to anybody. Like I've never it's really cool. a letter ever in my life. Yeah. Cause you type your journal like a fucking Gen Z. <laughs> <laughs> I have a journal at work and yes, I type it. On work. He types it. And it's like what? 365 fucking letters, a, a sheet. <laughs> I would think this guy's like working his ass off and I'm over here doing nothing at work. Like, man, I should be productive. And I look and I'm like, what is he typing? It's his fucking journal. Like, I'll be going through it. I got shit I got to get out, all right? It's not even working, though. Like, I'm sitting here feeling like a piece of shit because I'm not working. Like, I'm working? It does. There you go. Fake it till you fucking make it. So speaking of the journal, though, too, because I also I want you to keep that coming out. I want that to be like a big shebang because it's important. But you also told me that this is the first time that you've actually shared or even opened up about remotely about your story somewhat publicly. Yeah, I mean, um, my closest friends and family, they know my story to an extent, you know, and I, um, I'm, I want to lay it all out there. I want it to be raw and real and to know that no holds barred. Yeah, the it is. That's the hardest part. And so I want to share my story, the good, the bad, the ugly, and I've never done that on a public scale ever. And I've been through a lot and I've never um, offered that to the public yeah. to hear. And you even said something too, either earlier tonight or at some point, and I'm sure you've said it multiple times because me and you have a way of like, we're very different. Like if sunshine was in a bottle, that would be you. And if it was like a rain cloud was in a bottle, that would be me. I feel like <laughs> that's very accurate. <laughs> he, would, he would just call me like Nancy. Cause I was so negative. Like your girl loves to bitch. Okay. I can't yeah, help it. Negative Nancy. And she'd be like positive Polly. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, you're an optimist. I'm a realist. Suck my dick. Get over it. Um, but no, he had said something earlier that I was like, that is so true. And I've said it my whole life. And mostly because I haven't gotten into my story yet, but I have some fucking shit. Big, big, like Geronimo skeletons in my closet. And I truly feel like if you hide those, you're almost doing someone else a disservice because you said you feel like, and going back to your Christian nature, God, the universe, whoever, whatever you believe in brings you through, not brings you, but like uses what you've been through to help someone else who may be going through the same thing. Yeah. So, I mean, we have our natural worldly situations that whether we put ourselves there through our flesh or whether it's just circumstantial, we have those situations that come upon us. And a big misconception in the Christian community is why would God allow me to go through this? Big, huge, huge, (laughs) huge misconception. And I actually, it's so crazy. You brought that up on the way here to do this podcast with you. Um, I was talking to a good friend of mine and, um, he was like, are you sure you want to share like all of this part of you? I said, if God brought me through it, I want, he's going to make me use it. He's going to make me use it. I want to use it by my own will. I want if I can make it through it and share my story and just a sentence out of my story is able to help somebody, I'm yeah. willing to do that. Yeah. Because like I said to you, Alexa, before we started, everything we're going to talk about, I've made it through. Yeah. It's not opening an old wound. It's yeah. not scratching a scab. It's I've made it through and I'm out the other side. And I was doing, he talked about, um, I, I'm going to be bringing a lot of people on this podcast. A lot of my friends. Um, I have not very many friends. Um, but (laughs) sad violin. Um, but all of my friends that I do have, they are very much, I mean, could not be further from opposite end of the spectrum. Like I've got you and and with that being said, if I brought all my, you've actually met two of my really good friends, Kristen and Brittany, and y'all hit it off like amazingly. Cause also those two people can hit it off with fucking anybody. And so can you. So that's like the one common denominator between all of my friends is they can hit it off, but I'm going to, I'm telling y'all, I need a jingle that says off track. (laughs) (laughs) You need a buzzer. I need need Simon Cowell to come in and be like, no, darling, that is off you go. Off you go. Yeah. So no, but they're so different and I'm bringing them on this podcast. But what I want to do is 
break because they've all gone through some fucking shit. Like I love my friends so much. And we also, I don't have time for acquaintances. I don't do the bare uh, surface friendships. Like if I know you, I fucking know you and you know me and we're going to get through this shit together. Um, and I just know, I love them so much and I know what all they've been through. And now I've not only gone through it with them. Some of them have gone through it with them. Some of them I'm in the later healing start. Hmm, stroke just had a stroke um stages of their life and i want them to share that because i truly think that that's that's not just specific to them like that scenario is but the overall situation i mean they could really help somebody but with that being said i i brought people i bring you on and i'm like are you okay with talking about this are you good like i don't want to bring something up that makes you uncomfortable so just like the the bravery is what i'm getting at right and and my outlook on that is you say, you know, you've been through shit. You have big skeletons in your closet. Your friends have been through shit. And you know what some of those are yeah, for me. Yeah, I do. And they are. They're big. But haven't we all is what I say to people. You know, your situation that is traumatic to your trauma is no greater than mine. Everybody's worst is different. Is different. Everybody. Is different. And so if I've gotten to a point in my life where I'm strong enough and brave enough to share that, I believe it's to help somebody. I believe it's, yeah. you know, cause there's some, like, I just, I remember when I was so young and so confused, I had no inclination of ever being brave enough to share my inner thoughts and my struggles with anybody because it was so dark and so lonely. I was just about to say how fucking lonely, so, like so sad. I, I am someone who has never not been surrounded by a ton of people my whole life, but those are some of the most lonely times of my life. Oh, you just had a mouthful there, sister. I mean, when you're surrounded by so many people, but none of those people know who you are, that can be the most lonely feeling. And I've dealt with that. Let me tear up. And still deal with that to this day. Um, being around a lot of my family and people who know me, but don't really know me. Yeah. Um, and that can be hard. And are so quick to judge you too. So like, and I even, I'm contradicting myself again from my first episode, but like y'all he's okay. So full disclosure, we've got like two, three bottles of Cabernet <laughs> over here. And not only is he already an emotional person, because I love him for that because I am too. Like we will literally look at each other and be like, Oh, I just start crying. Yes, <laughs> but yes. I mean, still at the same time, the, the wine's probably not helping. <laughs> the wine is definitely playing a factor into the tear that might just fall down my face right now <laughs> <laughs> might just yeah no our blood type is cabernet let's not even fucking joke but just to also kind of uh touch base real quick with like the time we have we just hit 27 minutes we have three minutes left so i already know this is going to be a two-parter so um we not, not a no <laughs> so i'm so happy you said not us because that's like the thing now i feel yeah. so fucking old and honestly this podcast is probably like bringing me back to life but like not not helping that I date an 85 year old. Like that man is fucking, he got an iPhone, first I of all. He was 90. Exactly. Yeah, no, his fucking knees are 90. Maybe. <laughs> we literally were having sexual relations because we're adults last night. And he was like, I think I fucked up my back. <laughs> oh, my like, knee, my knee. Like, Wait, we need to stop. And me and my fat ass, well, like, I've lost so much weight. My boobs are sagging down to my belly button. I'm like, my tits and my armpit. We need to chill out for a second. <laughs> I told y'all we're holding nothing fucking back. Icy hot patch, please. <laughs> that, that icy hot be coming in clutch. I'm not even joking. And I used to hate icy hot because I hate the smell. I hate the smell. Oh, it smells like my grandma's bathroom. Speaking of 90 year olds, man. Exactly. <laughs> it all comes full circle. But yeah, we're definitely going to do a two parter because we haven't even gotten to the main not part. Even, not even the gritty. Not even no. the nitty. The nitty gritty. And I, it's so funny. I'm looking at my notes and I literally put steer clear of politics because this motherfucker. Now I will say opinions may he have, <laughs> they are fucking, this dude made a spreadsheet. He made a spreadsheet when we had like, wasn't it like a local election or something when I was working with you? Local, yeah. It was local primaries. Yeah. yeah. He made a spreadsheet. Me. I'm like, I don't give a fuck. I, if it ain't on TikTok, I'm not voting for it. <laughs> I'm like, I don't care. Now, with that being said, I do have my opinions. And they may be uneducated and may be led mostly by feelings. But that's another reason why I don't vote. I'm mature enough to not vote. If you don't know what you're voting for, don't fucking vote. But that being said, no politics because I don't want to get canceled. And I don't want anyone to be offended on this podcast. But if I ever was to have someone that I was like, 
I kind of want to vote. What do I need to know? And I don't want to research it. I'm fucking coming to Cameron. Like, you know your shit. You made a spreadsheet of what you like, what you don't like, what, who says what. Like, that shit was intense. It was. It was. And, you know, nobody in my family is super political. And, you know, I'm one of the most least judgmental people, but I do have my own opinions. And there's a difference. There's a very big difference. There's a very big difference. We have 30 seconds left. So, everybody, we're going to tune into part two. I hope you're liking it so far. Um, But yeah, this. Please come back. Please come back. (laughs) And vote on my fucking Instagram. We need growth. We need to excel. We need engagement and broadcasting. So, go on my Instagram. It should be no holds barred underscore underscore. We're going to hold a a poll of what you want to hear next from Cameron, but that's going to be in another episode. This episode is going to be part two. So, in three, two, one. Oh, and we are back, part two. Um, and also, I'm going to be honest with you guys, we just took a break. We went and drank our wine and talked shit for a little bit. Um, not on you guys, I swear. But we did listen back to what we previously recorded, and we're um, not going to lie. We're a little bit conceited. We love ourselves. <laughs> we, 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 love we do. We do. Yeah. It was fun. As we should. As you all should. Yeah. Be confident. Um, but I want to bring it back a little bit to what I said in part one. So my pen pal, obviously we know the, um, I am, God, this disgusts me, but in August I will be dun, 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 28. I will be two years away from 30 flirty and thriving. And that I don't, like we said, you're not that much younger than me. No, but there is a big, like monumental time in that age difference of like what you go through. Like, right. You would agree. Oh, 100%. 100%. I mean, even paypal like i mean (laughs) fuck you (laughs) no not paypal what is it myspace pal. no even that like i didn't know what that was like that that was a thing first of all you didn't even know j-lo was a singer that's true yeah coming for you but anyway you are coming for me (laughs) (laughs) in the best way baby but he keeps a journal and i love that about him because i also keep a journal i'm literally looking at a journal that i write down my notes for my podcast in i keep a plant journal to keep up with what type of plants i have and how to care for them i keep a journal about my feelings writing down is really good for you if you do not keep a journal i let me be your advocate keep a fucking journal if you're anything like me and your brain is just a massive ball of twine that is interlude and cluster fucking fuck yes and you don't know where your thoughts end to where they begin and you're laying down at night and you can't seem to turn your brain off journaling really helps and i have recently become an amazon ambassador so i will definitely put a link in my bio as well for the link to this but the five minute journal is fucking amazeballs so i don't know have i told you about my five minute journal yeah you have okay yeah, yeah it's basically gives you topics um and it's like um it's super short and sweet. Like it literally takes maybe two minutes depending on how fast you write. I'm old school. I write in cursive. So it takes really, really quickly for me. But it basically is like, what are two things you woke up grateful for today? What are two things you're manifesting for today? And then list what you're going to do about that or, you know, whatever. How, what are you feeling? It's a it's a template for those who stare at a blank piece, piece of paper and don't know where to start. Exactly. And then at the end of the day, you can come back and it's like, what did you learn today? What are you, what happened today that was amazing? Exactly. Things like that. So yeah, so I really do advocate for journaling. It's definitely amazing. But in the midst of me realizing that Cameron was just typing away 80 words a minute, he was journaling. And I was like, Oh, that's kind of interesting. I love people who journal, you know, whatever. I'm super awesome about that. But I, I don't even know how this really actually got brought up. One day you were just like, Oh, this is what I'm journaling about. I don't even remember like what we were talking about, but I'm not sure how it got brought up. Um, I'm typically like, like I said, me and Alexa hit it off pretty quick. Um, and you even said one time you were like, for whatever reason, I feel like I can just tell you anything. <laughs> exactly. I was like, I feel like I, I can trust you. And that's, I, I do share my story, but with certain people, I mean, yeah. that's why alluding back to the first episode when I was talking about, you know, this is my first time publicly. I just, I don't do that. Um, but she was a safe space for me. So I opened up about a mm-hmm. deep, dark secret that was in that journal. I love that. But yeah, he, it, it was. And to be honest, when people do that, I take such pride in that. Like, I honestly have like a little lockbox in my brain 
that are like compartmentalized to my friends. And I'm like, I'm so special. Like I, <laughs> like I know that about that person and nobody else does. or maybe someone else does. I don't know. But like, to me, like you felt comfortable enough to share that to me. So that obviously says something about me that I'm like, I obviously give off that regardless, but I like that depth that right. we got to so quickly. Um, but again, we already prefaced this with you are totally comfortable talking about this. Um, I don't have a I don't have a gun to your head. <laughs> no, no, you don't. I'm not being threatened out against no. my will. <laughs> no, not at all. Um, he definitely is cool talking about this. And of course, again, like we said in part one, if we can help you, we fucking help you. But there was a time that you battled with a specific addiction to um what was that TikTok sound one time? It was like trending. It was like this girl named Crystal used to have a something. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Um, Crystal, which y'all can put the pieces together. I'm sure y'all can um, put that together and what that is. But Yeah, everybody. Yeah, we, we know. Yeah. yeah. So, no, I did. Um, I mean, you want to get into it right now? Fucking go into it raw and unhinged. Let's do it. All right. So, yeah. No uh, lube. No lube. Done. Raw and dogging right here. Mm, don't tease me, buddy. <laughs> so, um, no, but we were talking about my journal and um it got brought up that at the time that you were working there actually right before you started working there was when i was working through coming off of my addiction i'm pretty sure you even told me the person that used to work there like and i don't want you to get in trouble because you do still work there but like there were some times where like literally right before i got there you were like i'm still struggling with this and there i think there was even a time too where you got presented with your little friend crystal and you were like you came back to work and you were like, I'm journaling about it. I'll tell you about it. Yeah, I remember you were like, I'm typing it away. I will tell you, I promise, because my nosy ass. I was like, tell me what you're typing. Tell me why know. you're going a million miles an hour. I yes. need to know. And he was like, literally, he was like, I, I got presented with, an, with a past this weekend. He was like, and I, I rose above it. And I was like, fucking good for you. Again, strong-minded individual. I'm sorry. Continue. So let's get into it. So yeah, um, I... I've never, I mean, I, I don't have an addictive personality. I'm pretty good about putting myself in check when I feel like I'm getting to a certain point, but I have a certain family member that is just not a good person and we're not going to name names, but I was presented with what I thought was, um, a more Coca-Cola, Coca-Cola. Yeah. We're going to, we're going to call it, we're going to call the 1950s Coca-Cola. We're going to call her Coca-Cola. Um, I got presented with what I thought was Coca-Cola and um, I partaked in that activity, and it, it turned out that I found out about a week later that's not what that was, but how powerful this bitch named Crystal is. And, and how, in my mind, like, I'm so sorry to interrupt you, but how, and I know this person, I don't know this person, but you have told me who this person is. Her. Yeah, who she is in your life. How someone of that relation to you could know that? That's not just like a, oh, this is a sativa instead of an indica. Like, no, this is fucking this like, is th life ruining. Opposites, life altering. Yeah. Um, you know, Coca-Cola is something I have done here and there, and it's not it's not ever anything I've ever struggled with. But this particular um drug that is a drug, um, crystal, you know, that bitch is a force to be reckoned with. And Fuck so crystal. When I was introduced to her, um, everything changed yeah. everything changed um there would be nights that i didn't sleep I, or there'd be times i didn't sleep for three to four days still going to work running out to my car um to smoke out of a pipe took hold of your life like literally literally took hold of everything i cared about um it, and it does it does yeah. it does and the I, I it's hard to explain but I was, I became addicted to it very quickly and it was like, there was nothing I wouldn't do to get my next fix. And that is never, ever where I saw my life going, but it was a numbing factor for me. Just like a means to an end for what you're currently means. going through. Exactly. Exactly. And like just here within the past like year or so, like I've just fully came to terms with like who I am confident, but during this time in my life, I wasn't. And so like my previous trauma, my coming out and all of that, all of that was like a domino effect into me being so mm -hmm. submissive to these drugs that I got involved in. And again, guys, he's fucking 22. Like the, um, the, 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 how far you've gone and so much shit like that just blows my mind. It's, you know, it's, it's crazy to think, but at the same time, I, I have a really big family that comes with a lot of problems and 
it's a good thing and a bad thing. And a particular family member took advantage of me. And I dealt with that for a big part of my life. I lost a lot of weight. Just because their blood doesn't mean their family. That is exactly right. And people need to remember that. Um, I lost a lot of weight. I looked not good. My cheeks were beginning to sink in. I mean, it was just a very hard time in my life. And many people ask, well, that is the most addictive addictive drug on the face of this earth. You showed me pictures of yourself at one point, I think, of when you were on that. Oh, yeah. I've shown people pictures of what I looked like, a completely different, worn down person. Just unhealthy. You didn't look bad, I will say, of all the, the... the crystal people that I knew that you did not look bad. You just didn't look healthy at that point. I didn't let it get to, I didn't have sores on my face, nothing like that. I just, I had, he didn't hang out of a gas station and ask you for money. (laughs) No, I was not on the curb on. No, I was not doing that. Um, but it just, it was self-consuming and there, there came a day that somehow, and I believe it was by the grace of God and you believe what you believe. But for me, it was, by the grace of God that my parents found out that I was involved in that and they confronted me and they were like, we've heard, you know, that you're doing this. And I just broke down because inside of myself, I knew I needed help, but I didn't want to ask for help for help because I didn't want to stop doing the drug. But I also feel like too, for your parents, like in your parents' point of view, this might've been like, and I'm literally just having like a light bulb moment here. I feel like they were like, we weren't here for him in his coming out moment. We were not here for him when he needed us. And your parents are such good people that they were like, our son's fucking struggling. This is a time to make up for that. Do you, do you agree? And I've never told you that, but that's exactly right. That is yeah. so right. My parents didn't realize how bad it was until they saw how bad it was. And fucking great on them, dude, because to be to do what they did, and I know you're going to get into that, but to do what they did instead of being like, fuck you, because... I remember my parents, like they found out that I was smoking weed. That was minimum, like compared to, you know, like that's minimum. And they straight up were like, I will not have a a pothead as a daughter and like freaked out. And I was like, oh, fuck you. Watch this. Like, I'm going to smoke more weed than ever now. And your parents just handled that so well. I just want that to like not go unknown. No. And and I agree. They did. I mean, they could have completely handled it different but when i go into the story of me coming out you'll see i feel like it was kind of like not a guilty conscience but almost like we could have done better and right now we're not going to screw this oh absolutely we're not going to screw this up because this could be life or death yeah well and you probably felt some kind of like hindrance of being like i can't come to them because last time i did xyz exactly and i you know to be honest i still struggle to this day it's a ever it will forever be a battle with crystal i mean when your body gets a taste of that, what that drug does to you, you have to build a fortress. And when I say a fortress, you build a fortress against that motherfucker. You don't ever want it to be in your proximity. And it has since, and I have been able to shy away from it, but it's been a struggle. So I completely have a, like, so kind of going into, let's talk about how I kind of got off of that. Yeah, go off. Aside from like my parents. So my parents confronted me and they were like, we heard you're doing this. That in itself was a lot of condemning. Um, A lot of like, holy shit, my parents know I'm doing this. You were outed. You were outed. I was outed on something that I never thought I would do in a million freaking years. Felt some shame. Yes, I felt a ton of shame. I was already feeling shame. Um, But aside from that, when it finally, when I was finally like ready to admit what I was going through with my close friends... I shared my location with all of them and I pointed out, I said, this area, this area, and this area, if you see me here ever, call me immediately. If I do not answer, here's my mom's number. That was my way of having self-discipline. Fucking strength. Self-discipline. Exactly. Exactly. That was my way of holding myself accountable because I knew it was going to be a battle for myself. But if I had a team behind me who could hold me accountable... I know someone's watching. Oh, so yeah. if anyone who's listening to this, if you are struggling with addiction, let your team rally around accountability. you. Let yourself yeah. have the accountability of those who love you. Um, because that was a big part of how I got through what I went through. Because they love you. They, they, they're not coming in well in that. This may be, there are some snakes out there. I will say they will say, Oh, I love you. I love you. I love you. And they just like, like the person that did this to you, they probably were saying like, Oh, I love you. It's just Coca-Cola. And you found out it was actually a very strong Dr. Pepper. You know what I mean? Like that was, yeah. So 
obviously be aware and be conscientious of that, but let whoever is going to advocate for you fucking advocate. Don't be so prideful that that's going to shut off because you need to know that your life is valuable. And that could definitely, most definitely will not a matter of if, but a matter of when it will ruin your life. I've seen it. I've seen it. 100%. 100%. And the crowd that that brought me to, I saw it. I saw what it was doing to them. And that was another wake up call for me. Like, Oh my God, I would see, you know, let's just, let's call her, uh, Stacy, you know, a dealer of mine at one time. And she was freshly on it as well. And so, but she was doing it much harder than I was. And, and I, brand new. she was like- very much new on it. And then she started dealing it to me from her boyfriend. And, and that bitch got into the money game quick. Quick. <laughs> real like, quick. Some money off this shit. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, but I saw what it did to her. She lost multiple jobs. She had a hard time getting a job. And I'm like, in my head, I'm, I don't want that. But you are that the importance, your priorities were different because to Stacy, that's what we're calling her, right? <laughs> Make sure I call my names yeah. right. So Stacy, she was thinking like, okay, the most important thing to me is Crystal. Yeah. You know, like that. That's above anything else. That was the yeah. most important thing to her. Yeah. And I have a coworker right now who, a friend of hers, her, she's basically drinking herself to death and she has kids and to her kids, they're thinking my mom is choosing alcohol over me, but Honestly, again, devil's advocate or whatever, like I did for your parents, being in that, I don't have an addictive personality. Praise the Lord, praise Allah, praise the universe, whoever. I do not have an addictive personality, but if I can, I can put myself in that position to where I'm like, if you do, I understand that that's a very, very strong tug of war game that you are probably not going to win so best not to dabble no no and it doesn't end that tug of war does not end so yeah i mean i dealt with that and here we are in 2023 i have not dabbled in crystal in um over a year it's been over for this motherfucker because that shit is fucking hard i can't even quit vaping for longer than two weeks and this guy quit crystal i mean like Fucking on my own and not on my own not on my own but what i what you i mean by my own it. i didn't get professional help i didn't have exactly. to go to rehab i didn't have to do that it was tapping into the resources that are around me that many people uh look over but go you you did according to your little journal <laughs> and according to what you told me you did relapse for like a split second did you not i did i did yeah. um I had I had been sober from Crystal for quite a few months, and it was presented to me at in a very social setting with a not good group of people, and I did. I relapsed, and then that relapse continued for about almost two months, and then I kicked my ass. I kicked myself in the ass, and I was like, no, we're not doing this. We are not doing this. I have too much to live for, too much life to live, and this is just not something I choose to um, consciously um, and jest, you know. So if we want, Alexa, I mean, this is your podcast, but if we want to get into co- what caused my podcast, but your episode, baby. All right, <laughs> I, I can I can handle that. But I mean, I feel like it's now come the time. You know, let's kind of dabble into what got me into the situation. Yeah, absolutely. So that actually was a, my next point. Was I mean, you kind of did touch on like who brought it to your attention and who got it to you, and you also did touch on another one of my points of like what advice could you give, and that was fucking brilliant of let let people in and that does i will backtrack a second that does go into part one where we're talking about people people fucking suck okay there are some shitty people out there but i will say you need trial and tribulation i feel like our generation is so fucking not ours specifically but like my sisters and like they're younger and i've told you guys their ages in episode one but like the younger generation they're very much, we've never had a, they had COVID. Sure. That was traumatic. A lot of people missed out on their prom. A lot of people missed out on very substantial parts of high school and things that really do shape your like mental, but you know, growing up with COVID and being locked down, but they've never had like, and I mean, the only thing I can compare it to personally is like nine 11 and like the generations before me is in Vietnam and just trials things that fucking sucked and it's like you need that you really do need some kind of and i hate to put it that way because it's almost like i'm saying you need to be you need to hurt but i mean 
what do we do whenever it's winter for too long? We're like, oh, seasonal depression. It's been too dark outside. The sun sets at four o'clock when it, you need the dark well, my, to realize you appreciate the sun. Right. And exactly. Like my thing was, I was actually talking to a friend. They're like, are you sure you are comfortable with sharing all of this? And I was like, why wouldn't I be? It's I was like, in a sense it is. And I'm like, like kind of like what Alexa says, you almost need that because how am I ever going to be able to help anybody, give anybody advice if I've never gone through something, if I've never dealt with something, if I've never hurt, if I've never struggled, that is all about what makes a person a person. That's your yes. story. In my story, there is a lot of hurt. There's a lot of trauma. There's a lot of ups and downs, but we do all have it. It's a matter of, do you, are you going to embrace it and use it to your benefit and move forward? And move forward? That's the difference. A lot of people will soak in it and they'll sit there and they'll feel sorry for themselves, which, you know what? That's a period take of your life. Minute. Take, take a, a minute. minute. Take a breather. Yeah, take a That's okay. Take a breather. But at the end of the day, you've got to pick yourself back up. And that is, it took me some years to do that with my coming out. Um, I actually did the math today. I came out in April of 2017. So, so it's you're been, coming up on an anniversary. I'm coming up on an uh, yeah sorry for those listening in headphones my i just like did a dog whistle note but yeah bro that's fucking six killer years. six years six motherfucking years you're four ways a year four years away from a decade yeah how do you feel more than halfway there um i know myself better now than i ever have in my entire life and there's still really confusing days and days that are really of confusing. course of course but all because we're all, growing we're Ever, growing growing is not is not linear no um but all in all i'm more comfortable in myself now um so if we want to go into kind of like that story and and me coming out you know what let's give him a teaser we've got 10 minutes left let's give him a teaser go ahead okay all right you motherfuckers still better vote my fucking instagram let me tell you right now <laughs> <laughs> no i just i kind of want to give you all a glimpse just a little bit of glimpse into that um kind of it kind of ties into the past you know this ep this part two and part one of yeah and, and real quick before I, we get into that because you mentioned something earlier in my previous episode i said how reflection is so important and i actually got that from shannon's podcast which you should listen to i don't know if you do but um reflection people think like oh I don't live in the past, blah, blah, blah. That's great. You should not live in the past. I agree. However, a part of you lives there and a part of you that needs to be worked on and tweaked on and things like that. And I feel like that's what you are so great at is reflection and saying like, okay, insanity is the definition of doing the same thing over and over again and getting the same results. And it's like, what the fuck? Why can't I grow? It's because you're not reflecting and you're not saying this is where I fucked up. This is where I didn't let advocates in didn't let people in or whatever and you really need to say like i'm not ashamed of my past and i'm not i'm not gonna repeat it but i'm not ashamed of it and i feel like that's another thing not to get again we're not talking about politics we're not talking about pop culture or anything but getting rid of history makes it repeat history does repeat itself and if you do not learn the history it will come back to bite you it will and you know what i i will say i'm very prideful um, on the fact within myself that I look back on my past and I don't judge myself for it. I learn from it. And that's, that's a very hard thing for a lot of people to do is because they'll look back. And I, I personally, Alexa, have gone through too much shit. If I were to look at my past as a, no, I would never, I would just, I would sit in it and it, it's depressing. It's dark. It's really not and okay that's easy to do that's really easy to do because a lot of people listening and a lot of my friends probably struggle with that type of depression of like i'm a piece of shit i'm worthless and you're fucking not we are not alone that's the whole point of this whole podcast we aren't we aren't you know and i'm dealing with some family things right now and i told some people who are going to meet the other side of my family i said when you go into this meeting i said this is not about he did this. They did this. I said, this is about what happened, happened. Yeah. yeah. Where can we go from here? How do we move forward? We love them through it. We love them through it. We love them for it. And we're going to love them after it. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, um, <clears throat> but yeah, I definitely would love to share with y'all. Um, I, I will be back. And he's I, back and he's better than ever, baby. And I, yeah. Four bottles of wine this time. <laughs> so I will be back. And I feel that the story that I do have to share will shed light on a lot of gray areas, a lot of shadows that this world keeps from a lot of people. 
um, the nitty gritty of it, the nitty gritty of coming out and being so vulnerable in a town that I grew up in, being a varsity football player, um, 17 years old, coming out and losing essentially a whole part of my life. I mean, I lost my girlfriend at the time. I lost my parents. I lost my brothers on the football team, the people that I thought would be there for me no matter what. Um, some of those relationships came back but a lot of them did not. And that is a huge step. And so I am more than looking forward to sharing that story with you guys and kind of what that looked like for me. Well, yeah. And I mean, and people who you think, like you said, who you brothers, those, I know people are like, Oh, peaked in high school, whatever. That's not it. I was a part of a dance team and and whether or not it's a sports, a team is a team. Team is a team. Camaraderie, more than one people, being a part of an ensemble, theater, dance, softball, football, whatever, debate team. It's a fucking team. And you build a family. And when you're with people, and I know people are like, oh, if, if they say it, we're a fam, we're like a family here. I do agree. That's a little bit of a toxic tendency in the workplace. But you spend a lot of time with those people. More and time than I did my more time than I did my own family. Yeah, you do. And you get to know those people on a different type of level. And whenever you feel like, like you said, when you're going back to like you're coming out, you're like, you know what? These people are gonna have my back. And then they fucking don't. Oh my God. And then, you know, and this is, I'm going to give you all a little teaser here. Mm, Aren't we so lucky? (laughs) Y'all are because I can't tell y'all how many times some of the most judgmental people about me coming out have come to me since in curiosity and the effect that that has had on my life. Some of the people who were the most put downing and self-doubting and made me feel like the scum of the earth. And I'm sorry if I get a little emotional, but it was those people who in turn have tried to use me again, but to their own self-benefit again. To figure out themselves, a selfish reason. I've had so many friends like that, that I hear, unfortunately, again, that I hear of that situation where they're like, I am unsecure in myself, so I'm going to use the little bit of insecurity that I find in you to use for my benefit, you forget I'm still a fucking person. Yeah, I I agree. You're going through some shit. You need to figure out yourself. But do not use somebody else who is already secure in who they are to figure that shit out. That is fucking brutal and fucking unnecessary. I will will walk arm in arm with you through that battle. That battle, I will walk arm in arm with you. But do do not not use me. Do not bring me back to the shadows. Do not use me as a stepping stool because that's not what I am. I am your best cheerleader when you need me to be. Cameron so be a rib. You are you are literally the definition. And again, full circle, bringing you back to Christianity. I don't know if you guys are Christians, whatever, but people who know what I'm talking about, the rib. You are beside me, not not in front, not behind. You are beside me. You are meant to build me up. You are the definition of you are going to be my a supporter and an advocate and a, and a very much accountability partner for me. And again, our differences, I'm very much a, you burned me. Fuck you. I'm done. And Cameron's like, well, they were going through some shit. Let's give them the benefit of the doubt. I'm like, no, that fuck that. So me. I'm like, uh-uh, fuck her. Fuck your kids. Fuck your wife. Like, uh-uh. And Cameron's like, well, let's give it. I'm like, Cameron, do you want me to slip their tires? And he's like, no, they were going through a time. I'm like, I don't give a fuck. And, and I'm like, like I'm just like, you know, I know what it feels like to go through something and make decisions. We are three minutes out, ladies and gentlemen. We have so much more to go. But I know what it feels like. We have so much more to go on my next visit. Um, but I know what it feels like to be going through something and making rash decisions. And so I do try to give the benefit of the doubt. But that bites me in the ass a lot. And the vulnerability, though, that it takes to go deeper a little bit into that, the vulnerability that it takes to open yourself up and be like, I've been burned before, but you know what? At the expense of helping someone else, fuck it. I'm going to do it again. That shit is intense. And that just gets me going because, again, I haven't told my story and I will eventually. And I'm still very insecure about it because there's a lot still going on. And I have to catch you up on some tea whenever we get up off this podcast. Sorry, guys, but you won't be coming along with us for that. But... It just, again, you're so strong-minded to be able to reflect and be like, I 
fucking made it through. I made it through the wilderness somehow. Yeah. I made it through like a virgin. Like <laughs> <laughs> that is literally you. And I just, I fucking love it. I'm here for it. I'm here for everything that you have given us on this fucking episode. Um, guys, that is a wrap for Cameron's first episode. How did you fucking feel being on No Holds Barred for the second episode? Honestly, it's been liberating. Like being able to come on here and just truly like share my story. Um, no holds bar. No holds bar. Mic drop, guys. That was the roll of credits. But yeah, man. Okay, so I'm gonna post a um he's going to be sharing with a bunch of people the link. It is again Instagram link no holds bar underscore underscore. The link to my Spotify is in the bio. Comment what you want on the poll of what you want to hear next from Cameron. We do want to go into his coming out story. I love you all. This is an amazing journey. I love, I cannot wait for my next um, interviewee or Brittany, whoever. And again, my photo shoot on Saturday, it's going to be epic. And uh, yeah, tune into my Instagram. Keep up with all things. No holds barred. This was fucking awesome. I love Cameron. I love you. I love you guys. And thank y'all for listening. Thank y'all for tuning in. Um, and I can't wait to be back. Hell yeah, man. You guys have a great night and happy fucking weekend. Okay. Friday is tomorrow. Y'all hang out. <laughs>